0: What is up, everyone? It's Quinn here, and in today's video, I'm going to be hitting you guys with my week four running back rankings a day earlier than normal. But, uh, same thing, going to be going through the top 36 running backs, splitting these players up into tiers, just so you can kind of see, you know, how I have these players grouped. If you all enjoy the content, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. I'll also have my top 36 wide receivers, so go check those out if you are interested. Any questions? drop them down below i'll make sure to get back to every single person who comments but let's just dive right into the rankings we're going to start it off with my three tier one running backs and actually just before we get into that i do just want to address a few injuries here um, and kind of just talk about like how i'm dealing with these rankings so these are the players that i'm going to be assuming are playing um aaron jones david montgomery justice hill aaron jones and david montgomery both kind of tough reads at this point um, short week playing on Thursday night football, but it seemed like both had a you know potential chance to play in week three So for these rankings, I'm gonna be assuming those guys are playing I'm also gonna assume that Justice Hill is playing just because if Justice Hill doesn't play I'm really just not interested in any of those Ravens running backs So I'll just kind of throw him in these rankings as if he is playing and then at this point I'm gonna assume that Austin Eckler is out. He could end up playing but if he is active then you just fire him up No matter what So now getting into those tier one running backs, three guys here, Christian McCaffrey, Tony Pollard, and Bijan Robinson. CMC has been the clear-cut running back one through three weeks. Expect him to, you know, pretty much stay up there. Then we're going to have Tony Pollard. He has put together some monster workloads through three weeks. I think that continues here against the Patriots. He's up there. And then Bijan Robinson coming off of his first down game but I still think he firmly belongs in this tier one area. Now pivoting into tier two, this is gonna be a four-man tier. We have Travis Etienne, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Kenneth Walker. Also should have mentioned, these rankings are gonna be assuming that Saquon Barkley is good to go. For Etienne, his role has been super solid, pretty much getting everything but the goal line work in this offense, I think that's a nice role to have. For Saquon, he is dealing with that high ankle sprain, but he's returned quickly from some of these injuries in the past. I think he probably gives it a go this week. Maybe he's slightly limited, but I don't think they would fire him up and give him like a super reduced workload. So if he doesn't play, obviously he's on your bench. And if he does play, I think you fire him up as a running back one. Now, people may be surprised that Josh Jacobs is all the way up here at number six, and it really doesn't feel great. But I think that's kind of where we're at with the running back position like the running back ones just feel significantly weaker than what we've had in previous seasons. Josh Jacobs workload has been fine. It's been solid. He just hasn't gotten into the end zone and the efficiency hasn't been great. I think this is a decent opportunity to kind of get right here against the Chargers. And if someone's going to full blown panic on Josh Jacobs, I'm even willing to buy him, and I was low on him heading into the season because I still have some concerns that if he you know, picks it up and starts balling out and the Raiders aren't in contention, that he could just end up packing it up. But at this point, his value may be so low that it could be worth it to just go out and buy low. And then the final player in this tier, Kenneth Walker, We have seen Zach Charbonnet start to eat into Kenneth Walker's workload, which is why it feels kind of gross having him as like a mid-tier RB1. But like I said, just the state of the running back position. And I still think, you know, in the short-term, even long-term, he should still be a really strong fantasy option. Now, shifting into tier three, gonna be a pretty large tier here. Gonna start it off with James Cook. Cook isn't gonna have a super high week-to-week ceiling because he's just not involved on the goal line. It's like he does everything until they hit the 10-yard line and then it's Damian Harris, and it's Latavius Murray. Obviously, that's a little bit unfortunate, but from where you drafted James Cook, he has been a massive success through three weeks. Here in week four, I think he's slotted in here as a locked-in top 10 running back. Behind him, I have Derrick Henry, and I thought I'd have Derrick Henry lower, but then we're just looking at the rest of these running backs, and I just couldn't drop him any lower than this. The concern here for Derrick Henry is that this Titans offense does not look good, And when this Titans offense is trailing, they pivot to use Tajay Spears. Now, Derrick Henry's workloads have been fine. This offensive line is really rough. He's just in a tough spot at this point. So I still have him as like a back-end RB1 this week, but I'm definitely not feeling great about it moving forward. Number 10, I have uh, Zach Moss. He has had back-to-back weeks with insane workloads, and he hasn't just had insane workloads and put together, like, limited efficiency, just getting carried by volume. He has looked really strong through two weeks here, so I think you fire him up as a strong running back one. Similar story to the guy after him with Kyron Williams, just locked into this total workhorse role. Really like Kyron Williams as, like, a fringe RB1 in the short term. After Kyron Williams, we're going to have Raheem Mostert. I still think he belongs in, like, this fringe running back one tier, Um, it does seem like Devon Achan. I've got to fix that. I've been calling him Achan. That's what he was called in college, and now it's uh, Achan, so I'm glad I uh, recognized it there. But for Mostert, I'd still say he has the slight edge in terms of this committee, but I think both of these options are going to be strong plays moving forward, and this is just like a big tier where there could be a lot of variance. So behind Raheem Mostert, have Jameer Gibbs. I think David Montgomery is going to suit up in this game. If Montgomery does not, You probably jump Jameer Gibbs in that, like, James Cook territory. That's probably where I'd move him to. But David Montgomery could be a little limited coming off of his injury. So who knows if they unleash him 100%. We saw them be more willing to give Jameer Gibbs a solid workload in Week 3. So we'll see how he looks here in Week 4. Then we're going to have Aaron Jones coming off of an injury. He's never really been, like, a huge workhorse for the Packers. So we're not really expecting that. Probably play a somewhat capped role. But I still think he's a nice high-end RB2. And then wrapping up this tier with Ramondre Stevenson, feels low for Ramondre, just a really, really tough matchup here against the Cowboys coming off a down game. I still think long-term, he's like a running back one, but just this week, I'd be a little bit weary because of the matchup. Now shifting into tier four, a pretty small tier, it's going to be Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift, and Joe Mixon. Kamara coming off his suspension pretty much to a wide open running back room. I think there was some concern about you know him coming back, Jamal Williams having a huge role, Maybe Kendra Miller has worked his way into this offense. The way this running back room has kind of played out with Jamal Williams now hurt and then Kendra Miller missing, I think the first two weeks and then coming back in week three, Tony Jones coming off the practice squad, kind of leading this backfield. I feel like it's just set Alvin Kamara up to slide in as the clear number one. I still think you're going to get Kendra Miller in there, you know, on some early downs. I still think you're going to get Kendra Miller in there on some early downs, but I feel like Alvin Kamara is a very strong play here, even though it's his first game back off the suspension. Then we have DeAndre Swift, and he wasn't a pretty firm split with Kenneth Gainwell, but you just look at those two guys, their production, what they were able to do with a pretty similar workload. You would think that the Eagles would look at that and say, all right, we got to start, you know, divvying up some more touches to DeAndre Swift. He should be pulling away in this backfield. I definitely don't think it's locked in at this point, because if I did, he'd be a running back one for me. So he's going to be a mid-tier RB2 until we see him really separate from that committee. But I think you know things are trending in the right direction for DeAndre Swift. And then wrapping this tier up with Joe Mixon. In a better matchup, Joe Mixon would probably be in that like RB1 range. Just a really, really tough matchup here against the Titans. We've seen, at least in the back-to-back weeks, uh, Joshua Kelly do absolutely nothing on the ground. And then Jerome Ford scored two touchdowns in Week 3, but his efficiency was just non-existent on the ground. I believe it was uh, 18 yards on 10 carries. So a tough matchup for Mixon. You also have to factor in that this Bengals offense is struggling, so a little weary of Joe Mixon this week, but still, given the running back landscape, he's probably still a solid play in your lineups. And now moving over to a very, very large Tier 5, this is really just a huge mix of a bunch of different players. Going to start it off with Miles Sanders. Really like his usage as a pass catcher. Panthers offense leaves a little bit to be desired, but I think he's an RB2. Devon Achan great option this week. I think some people, I've seen it in my comments, I think I talked about it in the uh, running back start video. People seem to think this is like some fluky performance. And while he's not going to go out and drop a 50 bomb, maybe ever again in his career, it is not a fluke that he has completely worked his way into this backfield. This is the best offense in the NFL. I believe they're leading the NFL in both passing and rushing yards. And if you're going to tell me that a rookie running back in his second career game has worked into like a 50-50 split. 50-50 I'm going to be very high on Achan moving forward. So I think he's a nice running back to play. I think him and Mostert will continue to both be viable, um, even if they're playing together in a split. So I do like him moving forward. And then we've got Rashad White. He really hasn't been super impressive through three weeks, but he's coming off his best usage in week three. And so if they're just going to keep force feeding him, maybe in the long term, he's not a great option this season. But in the short term, similar to some of these other running backs we've been talking about, I mean, even Alexander Madison in previous weeks guy like Kyron Williams. If you're going to be force-fed, you're going to be viable for fantasy. Uh, Behind him, I have Javante Williams. His workload's been a little bit capped, still working his way back from that ACL. I think he was always going to be a guy that was peaking in the second half of the season, but he has a great matchup here against the Bears, so I do think this could be a uh, breakout game for him. Then we have David Montgomery. If he's healthy and good to go, he should have a pretty solid workload. Um, We saw in week one, he really dominated the opportunities maybe he's able to carry that into here in uh, week four. Then we're going to have James Conner going up against the 49ers. Obviously a really, really tough matchup. I don't think this is like the death sentence. It may have seemingly been heading into the season, right? You look at James Conner going up against this crazy tough 49ers defense. Everyone thought the Cardinals would just be terrible. They really haven't been that bad, especially offensively. They've surprised the people. Um, I still don't think they're going to go in here and light it up against the 49ers, but I do think he's totally playable, especially because he's pretty much operating as a three down workhorse, also has some receiving usage, so I still think he's an RB2 this week. Behind him, we have Brian Robinson coming off a tough game, a tough game script um, against the Bills because they were just getting lit up. The issue here for Brian Robinson is that this is another tough game script. Don't think they're going to be uh, you know, going up early. On the philadelphia eagles so kind of just a back-to-back tough draw here for uh, brian robinson still think he's a running back two moving forward but just kind of tough luck with the schedule here like in the early part of the season then we're going to have jerome ford feels a little bit low for jerome ford i'm probably higher on him than consensus but like i said this tier is just kind of all over the place things need to kind of be worked out within this group in the next few weeks. I still think he's going to be the running back one here for the Browns, not overly concerned about Kareem Hunt, not going to be a workhorse situation, but I don't think this is going to descend into like a 50-50 split. I just don't think that's going to happen. And then the final player in this tier, Alexander Madison, he's been one of these guys who's just been completely propped up by volume. And my concern here for Alexander Madison compared to guys like Kyron Williams or Rashad White is that he now has someone entering his backfield that could like legit take stuff from him, right? Cam Akers coming in, not saying Cam Akers is going to completely overtake him, but when you have a running back who's not super efficient, like any type of eating into that workload could really negatively affect him. I think the same things could happen to Rashad White and or Kyron Williams later on in the season, but we just don't have that concern here in week four, like we do for Alexander Madison. And then moving into tier six, we are going to have Damian Pierce, Isaiah Pacheco, Joshua Kelly, and Justice Hill. Damian Pierce, tough start to the season. His receiving usage, or lack thereof, has been really disappointing. Um, I kind of liked him heading into the season. Thought he could have that three-down workhorse potential. It has not been great. I will say the offense has been banged up, so I do think better days are ahead. But here in Week 4, not really a great play. Then we have Isaiah Pacheco. I've talked about Pacheco a lot. My concerns come in with the goal line work. He's never going to be a guy who's super involved as a pass catcher. That's going to be uh, Jerick McKinnon there. He'll have a decent workload on the ground, but he is not like the go-to guy in the red zone. We've seen Jerick McKinnon in there. We've seen CEH in there. So it really just caps his weekly ceiling. And I think it also makes his weekly floor pretty low. Uh, Behind him, we have Joshua Kelly. This has been a tough stretch here for Kelly. We had back-to-back weeks with Eckler out and you would think like, all right, this is the week for Josh Kelly. He looked really impressive in week one, had a strong workload even with Austin Eckler active, and then week two and week three have just been complete flops. It is a better matchup here against the Raiders, but I still don't know how confident you can feel throwing him in there. At some point, it's like you have to have some talent to pull it off, and it just hasn't happened through uh, two weeks, or the two weeks where he's been the number one. And then the final guy in this tier, Justice Hill, If he's healthy, I do believe he's the best option for this Ravens offense, this Ravens backfield. They're gonna be splitting carries, but Justice Hill's the guy where they give him the edge in terms of the receiving work. That's gonna make the difference there. And then tier seven, Brees Hall, Najee Harris. Tough having Brees Hall this low, but until he can consistently put together a strong workload while the Jets offense doesn't look like it's a JV team, or at least the quarterback, then I think, you know, Brees Hall has to be in this spot until we see some improvement. Potentially a new quarterback coming in. That would be huge. And then Najee Harris, really tough to rank him higher than this at this point. I guess it's a decent matchup here against the Texans, but this is really turning into a very strong split between him and Jalen Warren. The Steelers' offense hasn't been great. His receiving upside is pretty much non existent, so this is really where Najee has fallen at this point. Then we're going to have back to back Bears running backs, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert. We just saw the Dolphins run all over. The Broncos defense, that's who the Bears are going up against. We've also seen the Bears just be terrible offensively. So who knows, you know, what unit kind of wins out here, but I do think they're relevant as like back end RB3s. And then the final guy in these rankings, Jalen Warren, he's in that split with Najee. I think he's a better player. Don't think he's going to be getting the, uh, you know, majority of the snaps but I still think he's like a back-end fringe RB3 this week. And that's going to wrap it up for my top 36 running back rankings. Like I said at the top, any questions, drop them down below. If you're interested in my wide receiver ranks, those are going to be up today also, potentially at the time you're watching this right now. But thank you all for stopping by, and I will see you in the next one.